Hi, this is Mike Young, estate planning and elder law attorney in Walnut Creek, California. And I'm going to talk about frozen bank accounts and how to avoid them. And this is a question that comes up all the time in my account. So hopefully these videos are helpful to you in your own estate planning. So, and I'll be producing more with regard to these questions that I get all the time. So hit the subscribe button and the bell below so that you'll get notice of future videos I prepare. Also hit the like button and leave a comment if you would like. So with regard to the question, how, to, how do we avoid frozen bank accounts? First of all, I tell people this is really a bank question, a banking question. So you need to go to the bank and tell them what your goals are. So the goals of my clients are from two perspectives. One is what happens if you die? So if you die, you want the bank account to go to uh, your beneficiary. So let's say Mary Smith sets up account, an account with a bank and Mary Smith has a daughter, Barbie Smith. So how do we avoid probate if Mary Smith dies? The second question, uh, which I got from my mother years ago is, Michael, what happens if I don't die and I become ill along the way? How are things going to be set up so that you, Michael, <laughs> and your, your brothers and your sister are going to help take care of me, my mother, if she becomes ill? So those are the two perspectives. So let's look at the different kinds of bank accounts. So if Mary Smith sets up a bank account or a checking account in her name alone, and she does nothing else, she does not name a beneficiary, and Mary Smith dies, then the bank account will be frozen, and we will have to prove to the bank that Barbie Smith, Mary Smith's daughter, should be the beneficiary of that account. So we'll either have to start a probate or uh, do an affidavit for a small estate. That's a procedure we can do in California for estates, uh, assets under $150,000. So a bank account in Mary Smith's name alone will be frozen. When Mary Smith dies, we'll have to have a probate or an affidavit for a small estate. And uh, that's the first question, what happens if I die? The second question, what happens if I don't die and I want Barbie, my daughter, to take care of me? She won't be able to do it because that bank account is not set up for Barbie to help her mother uh, during Mary Smith's lifetime. So the next type of account is a pay-on-death beneficiary. So you've heard uh, POD, pay-on-death, or transfer-on-death. So let's say Mary Smith sets up her account, and then it says, when I, Mary Smith, dies, I want it to be payable or transfer on my death to my daughter, Barbie. So make sure the bank is agreeable that this is going to happen. Uh, so let's say Mary Smith dies, uh, uh, Barbie, the daughter, who is named as the pay-on-death beneficiary, goes to the bank, produces a death certificate, and uh, Barbie should receive the asset. 
the bank account will probably still be frozen. Uh, those steps will have to be taken. And it still does not answer the second question, what happens if Mary Smith does not die and she's incapacitated and she needs help? Will Barbie have access to the pay-on-death beneficiary account? No, because it's not set up that way. Next type of account, a jointly owned account. So let's say Mary Smith, and this is what people should do, uh, especially my older clients. So let's say Mary Smith opens a bank account and she takes her daughter, uh, Barbie, with her to the bank. And Mary explains to the bank that I want to set up an account with my daughter, Barbie, on it. So that if I, Mary Smith, become incapacitated, or even if I'm not incapacitated, I want my daughter, Barbie, to have access to the account, both during my lifetime and on death. So that should work. That would be a jointly owned account. We've avoided probate and we've allowed, we've paved the way for Mary Smith's daughter, Barbie, to have access to the account to help her mother. But uh, please set it up with the bank. Make sure that the bank understands that that's what you want and that's what your goal is. How about a bank account that says uh, joint tenancy with right of survivorship. So joint tenancy would be uh, jointly owned by two people, Mary Smith and her daughter, Kimberly. And uh, joint tenancy means if one of the owners dies, then the ownership of that account uh, is still owned by, by the survivor of the two of them. So make sure, again, with the bank that we're avoiding probate which it, it does because it's joint tenancy and make sure that the other issue does uh, does the daughter Barbie have access to the account to write checks or take money out uh, for her mother uh, if her mother is incapacitated or even if she's not incapacitated. Uh, the next type of account of an account would be an account like a checking account with check writing authority by somebody else. So Mary Smith sets up an account, uh, a checking account, maybe it's tied, tied to a savings account, and uh, Mary Smith gives her, her daughter, Barbie, check writing authority or authority to have access to the account. So this will work probably uh, during the lifetime of Mary Smith because it's set up for Barbie to have access to the account but it only gives authority for check writing during Mary Smith's lifetime. So if Mary Smith dies, then we still have the probate situation uh, or an affidavit procedure uh, that we have in California for small estates under $150,000 to pass that asset on to Barbie, Mary Smith's daughter. So just because there is check writing authority does not mean that when Mary Smith dies that that bank account will go right straight away to the daughter uh, uh, upon Mary Smith's death. So the last type of an account is where we transfer the asset into a revocable living trust. 
and this is pretty workable, especially with large accounts. So we transfer the Mary Smith's bank account to Mary Smith as trustee under the Mary Smith Revocable Living Trust. So if Mary Smith passes away, then the daughter Barbie, uh, who is named, let's say she's named as successor trustee under the Revocable Living Trust, Mary Smith dies, the daughter Barbie steps up as trustee and makes distributions in the trust to herself. So Mary Smith just has to show the bank who the trustee is under the Revocable Living Trust at the time. So another benefit for transferring the trust, uh, transferring the bank account to the Revocable Living Trust answers also the second question. What happens if I don't die and I become ill along the way? So Mary Smith has an account. She transfers the bank account to herself as trustee under the Revocable Living Trust. And then Mary Smith can either, if she gets older and needs more help, she can either resign to act as trustee, in which case Barbie, the daughter, would step up as trustee with full authority to deal with that account with the bank, or uh, Mary Smith could, be, uh, could become incapacitated, in which case we get a note from the doctor and we document our file confirming that uh, the daughter, Barbie, is the new trustee under the trust and she presents a certification of the trust to the bank showing that she, Barbie, now has access to the bank account. And then Barbie is duty bound as the fiduciary trustee under her mother's trust to use those assets for the benefit of uh, her mother, Mary Smith. So with a trust account with the asset in the revocable living trust, we've avoided probate, and we've allowed, uh, we have given authority for Mary Smith's daughter, Barbie, to have access to that account to help her mother, Mary Smith, during Mary Smith's lifetime. So it's a good idea to have that kind of a trust account, the bank account transferred to the trust, and it's also a good idea to have another account, either a checking account or a bank account uh, with co-owners on it the mother, Mary Smith, and the daughter, Barbie Smith. So I hope this discussion has uh, helped you. Uh, I'm going to put links at the end of this uh, to other uh, estate planning videos uh, that should help you. So click on those links. And I'd like to mention also that I put on Zoom estate planning workshops on the second and fourth Thursday of every month at 10 a.m. And the workshops are interactive and they're fun, or at least I think they're fun. Uh, we usually have quite a few people on there and you are encouraged to ask questions. So go on my website, walnutcreekelderlaw.com and sign up. I'll also leave a link below to sign up. And also check the uh, videos that I link to. Thank you so much for watching.